I want to this morning just invite us all to the thought. There's a couple thoughts that I just want to, I hope that we would embrace this morning. And, and one is that sometimes you got to give up so that others can go up. And that in moments where you need to honor your friends or submit to them, in those moments what you're saying is that you value your relationship more than you value your rights. Sometimes you got to give up so others can go up. Sometimes you have to submit. We've been looking at these things in friendship the last couple weeks. Part of this series, iLink. And as we've been looking at these different things, we've been kind of saying, all right, it's, it's like this. It's like, okay, we need to do unto others, not what they do to us, but what Jesus has done to us. We need to forgive others, not because they deserve it, or even ultimately because it's so good for us, but because that's what Jesus did for us. And we come around this idea of honor, of submission today. And I don't know what you think about when you think about submitting. I'm not sure what you think about when you, when you think about giving up so others can go up. Maybe you think, ah, oh, you know, I got to be a, a doormat or whatever. Just let everybody just walk all over me. I've tried that before and it was not a pleasant experience. And I don't want to go back there. We were at the men's retreat last weekend. And uh, I, I went up there and, and I, the men's retreat was just an incredible weekend. We went in the, in the camp that, that we were in. was a cool camp. But um, for some reason or another, I got stuck sleeping in the infirmary. And uh, I went in, you guys, and I had this problem before. I was in a motel six once that had a similar experience. I went inside the, the bathroom of the infirmary at the men's retreat. And I wanted to go take a shower now, first off, you guys, the shower was about the size of an airplane bathroom. I could barely fit in there. I pulled that curtain back and, and stepped in, and, and I turned on the water. I got in, turned on the water, which is always a bad idea. You don't get in and then turn on the water because you don't know what's coming out of those pipes and, or how fast it's going to come. And that's what I turned it on. And first, you know, it's, it's about 20 degrees because we're up in the mountains. And then second, you guys, it was just this big hole. It didn't even have a shower head. It was just a big open pipe. Just, it was like getting sandblasted. All the, all the skin and hair off my chest, all up onto the side there. I'm going, ow, this hurts. I submit, I submit. I, I, I finished the shower. I'm totally bleeding now. And it's at that point that I realized I didn't bring a towel up to the camp. There are no towels in the infirmary. But there was this paper, like, bath mat. It, was, it looked like a placemat at a restaurant. It had a picture of the camp. And it's right there. And it's, it's literal paper. Oh, I guess that's it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. It's, uh, I picked it up and I'm crinkling off and, you know, paper cuts. Luckily I was in the infirmary because I could just walk right across and bandage myself up. I submitted again when the friends that I was staying with in that room, they were the band for the weekend. And uh, because I am such an amazing person, I allowed them to have the beds and I decided to submit and sleep on the pullout couch that I'm sure was like from 1962. It was a rattan pull-out couch. It was the, the, the scheme on the cushions was orange and lime green. I pulled those cushions back to reveal the bed underneath and just 
I'm sh- I was sure something extraterrestrial was going to crawl out of that mattress. I, I, you literally had to peel it open and apart. You talk about giving up so somebody else can go up. I was so concerned that the next day those guys would have had a good night's sleep that I was willing to sleep on this disease-infested... And I have germ issues, you guys. This was a big, this was a big deal for me. Some of you are going, yeah, that's what happens when you submit. That's what happens when you give up so others can go up. Somewhere intellectually, we kind of steer away from that, but we know that God calls us to sometimes to take the back seat. He calls us to put other people first. At the end of the service today, if we only opened those two doors and we asked every single one of you in here to leave out of those two doors at exactly the same time, we're not going anywhere. In order for people to get where they need to go, sometimes it means you need to wait. Sometimes it, needs, it means you need to allow people to step up and go first to submit. We're looking at one passage this morning. If you would open your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. That is darn near the end of your, your Bible. 1 Peter chapter 2. Go to verse 13. Some pretty powerful verses all through Scripture on submitting yourselves, which really just means putting yourself under or or below somebody else. This whole passage here is just just pretty incredible. Check this out. 1 Peter 2, 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Hold on just a second. It says, submit yourself... For the Lord's sake, take a back seat, give up so others can go up, not for your sake, not even for the sake of the person that's next to you, but ultimately for the sake of God, that somehow when we submit, somehow when we honor our friends, somehow when we take that back seat, we give up so others can go up, that brings glory to God. That points uh, people to the picture of what Jesus is really like. And so ultimately, the baseline of this thought that we're just trying to embrace this morning is that when we submit, it's really not for my sake to make me feel better about myself. Oh, look, I, I submitted. I took a back seat. It's really not for your sake. Ultimately, it's for the sake of Jesus and his name. That we would humble ourselves, that we would submit ourselves, that we would give up so that others can go up. He says, submit to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. In this case, literally, it's just speaking toward us being honoring and submitting to the people that God has put in authority above us, our president, police officers, your teachers, whatever it is that somehow that you would put yourself below them and acknowledge that God has put those people in place. 
And, and even if you don't like what the president's doing or government is doing or police do or whatever it is, we're still called to submit to them. We're still called to honor them. Because the government and, and all its, its um, authorities in place have this kind of, they have a benefit to society. And we all know that they don't always do things the right way. But as believers in Jesus, he has called us to nonetheless submit to them and honor them. And this is, this is pretty huge for us in this day and age. There's a balance that we'll talk about in a couple weeks when you stand up for the right thing and you speak truth into people's life for the right reasons and the right motive. But more often than not, I think we jump too quickly into that before we do just respecting and submitting to authority. I know for my generation on downward, that's not a built-in thing anymore. We do not have a built-in thing, my age on downward for the most part, that we just naturally respect authority. For some reason, that broke a couple decades ago, and ever since then, and now we've got to, you know, you've got to earn the right to be respected. And I get that. But that's not what God was calling us to. It goes on here and says this, verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. That's such a cool verse, you guys. First off, he says it's God's will. All those of you that are searching for God's will, going, oh, what's God's will? Here's part of it. It's God's will that by doing good in the context of submitting to authorities above you, that you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Somehow, when you submit yourself to people that are above you in these positions of authority, you're respectful to them, you honor them, you give up so maybe they can go up. You're not just constantly in their face or pointing out the things that they're doing wrong. But when you humble yourself and you submit yourself to them, that somehow when you do that, they will see that and they will go, wow, you're a, a benefit to me. You're a benefit to this organization. You're a benefit to society. You're not a danger to it. And ultimately, I think that as believers, we need to be earning some credits with our culture to say that, you know what, I, I want to get to a point of influence in your life that you would say, wow, I think that you and what you have and who you're following, that's a benefit to me. Not some hostile, mean-spirited danger. Verse 16, he says, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. In other words, he's saying, ultimately, you know what? God is your ultimate authority. When all is said and done, Jesus is the authority, the, the master, the Lord of your life. But as you submit to him, submit to others. And don't, don't use like your, your relationship with God. Well, God's my, my authority. I don't have to listen to the president. I don't have to listen to my teachers. I don't have to listen to my parents. I don't have to listen to anybody that's over me because God's really calling the shots. God put people over you so that you could begin to learn what it's like to live under authority. 
and in some ways get a picture of God's authority over your life. And so he's saying, don't use that relationship with him as a cover-up just to go do whatever you want. He said, instead, use that freedom that you've got to serve other people, to make yourself low, to submit yourself. And then I love this. This is just the tagline for everything. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. That's pretty cool. Love believers. Fear God and honor the king. Respect to that authority. Can you imagine, you guys, what this would be like if, I mean, ultimately we just respected everybody. That we would give up so that others could go up. And I heard it, I heard this story several years ago. There was... Um, There were these two guys named Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. And they were a part of the original, what is called the the Nine Old Men, who were responsible for the majority of the Disney movies, um, starting at the very first one, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and going all the way into the 70s. There were nine guys that were pretty much responsible for the amazing animation and film that came out of Disney in those years. But there were two guys, Frank and Ollie, two of those animators that were just, they were the lead animators on so many of those films. And, and uh, what was so crazy, they were born the same year. They met in college at Stanford University, and they became friends there. They ended up getting hired at Disney in the same year. They started working on films together right away. They got married to people um, within the same year as well. They moved in next door to each other. They had their same first kids in the same first year. And then for the next like 60 years, they lived next door to each other and were just best friends and produced some of the greatest animation that has been and probably will ever be. And one of their wives was interviewed about their friendship. And she said, they had a way of lifting each other up to reach heights that they couldn't have reached alone. What a cool picture of friendship. They weren't interested in the competition that could have sprung from such a relationship. They were just all about giving up so others can go up. They would support each other. And based on that submission to each other, they, they, in lowering each other, that in this crazy way lifted each other up higher than they would have been able to go alone. Such an amazing picture. It was written about them in, in an article. It said, their friendship changed the face of animation. Theirs was a friendship that changed the face of animation. Part of me goes, well, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And part of me goes, who cares? <laughs> it's animation. I mean, that's cool, and Disney's cool, and Pinocchio's pretty sweet, but what if we had some friendships that didn't just change the face of animation, but we had friendships that changed the face of the world? Relationships that kicked a dent in history for the kingdom of God. 
Because we weren't so interested in us rising to the top as we were about having Jesus rise to the top. That we would give up, we would sacrifice, we would take a back seat, we would obey, we would respect, we would honor, so that other people could either get a better picture of what Jesus is like, or perhaps reach levels in their walk with God that they wouldn't be able to reach alone. The submission stuff is huge. Continues on. It says, Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. It's going to go on to say here, submit yourselves. Put yourselves lower than. Give up so others can go up. And not just to the people that are nice to you. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets really hard. He says, For it's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. I mean, it's full applause for you. If you stand up under some false accusation, some harsh treatment, some wrongful authority over you, it's pretty cool if you can do that. If you take unjust suffering because you're conscious of God, that's an interesting way to tag onto the end of that. That somehow, I don't know how many of you like walk through life. It's kind of a crazy thing. How many of you really like walk through every moment of your day fully conscious of God? Maybe he kind of comes in and comes out. Maybe some of you, it's just, I mean, if you roll out of bed and whoa, it's God. And then you get to work and well, God's here. I was driving to work. Well, God was right there in the car with me. Well, this is pretty sweet. I'm taking a walk during my lunch break. Whoa, God's right here. I'm typing something, a letter for the, you know, report that I'm sending out. Whoa, God is in the midst of that. And I get home with my family and whoa, God's right there. And wow, this, I'm conscious of God all the time. And then other people, it's life, life, life. Oh yeah, God. Okay. Yeah, cool. Sunday rolls around. Oh God's Yeah. Awesome. Here we go. Back to Monday, God who? Wait, what? Somehow when you're constantly conscious of God, it begins to like filter through how you do and say every single thing. Especially in this issue of submission. and I think this is huge. He, he says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. In Matthew chapter 5, there's this amazing passage where Jesus goes, Okay, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You've heard like revenge is the way to go. But Jesus says, here's something new. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus goes, here's the new rule for relationships. It's not just do nice to people that are nice to you. It's not just forgive people that need to be forgiven and all that. It's love people that are totally mean to you. 
submit yourselves to people that are not deserving of it. That's pretty tough. That phrase there, love your enemies. That word love, there's at least four types of love in Greek. We only have the word love, and so we say, I love you to your husband or wife. You also say, I love my dog. And you also say, I love my recliner at home. And so in our lame language, you're saying you love your wife just as much as you love your recliner. You need to watch that. Come up with another word. (laughs) But in the Greek, they were a little more accurate, and there were at least these four types. Um, When they would say love, it would come up in four different categories. There's one that is called storge, and that just really meant the love that you would have within your family. There's phileo, and that's love that you would have for friends. There's eros, that meant kind of like romantic love. And then there was this one that I'm sure you've heard of. You've been around church long enough. It's called agape. And agape love is unconditional love. And when Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, he doesn't say, storge your enemies, this is not family. He doesn't say, phileo your enemies, this is friendship sort of love. He certainly doesn't say, eros your enemies, this is romantic with your enemies. The word that is used there is agape. It is unconditional love. All the other types of love require someone to reciprocate. All the other types of love require another person You don't have a friendship sort of love with somebody that doesn't exist. At least I hope you don't, because I feel sorry for you if you do. Agape love, I've heard it said this way, agape love jumps over walls that would stop all other loves cold. Agape is unconditional, without condition. I'm going to love you just because you exist. And it's tied to this passage in Peter that we're looking at here. When Jesus says, don't just submit, obey, respect, honor the people who deserve it or are nice to you, but even obey and respect and submit to the people that aren't. You got somebody in your head? You got somebody in your head that does not like deserve that at all? I can think of a couple. And yet God's calling us in relationships to a different standard. Because this is the other part of that thought. And this is so crucial, you guys. When you submit in relationships, when you step back, you're saying that you value the relationship more than you value your rights. You might have every right in the world to be angry You might have every right to disobey what somebody's saying. You might have every right to just get your heart all up and get frustrated. But God's going, if you want relationships my way, then it's about submitting even when people are harsh with you. Because it's going to do something pretty incredible. It's commendable before God. 
It's going to give people a picture of God that they don't see anywhere else. And that's what Matthew 5 goes on to say. It says, if you're nice to people that are nice to you, what reward will you get? He said, even the pagans do that. He said, so what are you doing more than others? And that's such an interesting turn of phrase. What are you doing more than others? Because Jesus knew that there would be something that would stand out so huge more than anything else would be how you respond to people above you that are being mean to you, that are being cruel to you, that are being unfair to you. That if you could somehow submit, lower yourself, give up so others can go up in those moments, that somehow that would bring glory to him, that would point people toward him. Several years ago, two, two churches ago for me, there was a girl in my youth group who, she started coming to church. She accepted Jesus into her life. But she came from a home where that totally was not the case. Her parents were not on board at all. And she had come for several weeks and was really enjoying it. And finally her dad stepped in and said, you can't go anymore. We're not going to allow you to go to that youth group or that church anymore. We, we, don't, we don't want that. And I'd seen this happen in youth ministry before. And a lot of times the kids would get all upset and they would go in guns blazing and fight over it. But this girl did something different. Instead, this girl said, okay, no attitude or anything. She said, all right, if that's what you want me to do, I, I won't go. And I was pretty blown away. I think she was just a freshman in high school at that point. It was a pretty mature step. No attitude, didn't fight it at all. She just said, okay, you're my dad. I love you. I respect you. I submit to your wishes because I'm pretty sure that's what God would do. For two and a half months, this girl was not allowed to youth group. Every single week, where is she? Well, she's not here. Her dad won't let her come. Two and a half months of that went by where she didn't do any attitude. She didn't do anything like that. And after two and a half months of that, finally her dad was like, what is the deal with you? This is not the same girl that I had maybe a year and a half ago. Because you would have fought this and fought this and fought this, and yet that's not what's happening here. You haven't given me any attitude. You've just been obedient and submissive in this. He said, if this is what they're teaching you there, if this is what God is about in your life, we got to support this. And he said, you can go back. And she did. And I don't know what happened with the dad. I don't know what happened with the mom. But my hope and prayer is that that girl is still an example of what Jesus is like to her parents. As she gave up something that really meant a lot to her. But she respected who God had put in place over her. Because that's the whole deal Submission is really a picture. When you submit to people around you, it's really just a picture of how God's desiring that you submit to him. And I think a lot of times when we just get real controlling and we don't want to relinquish any control to anybody, not always, but I think a lot of times it's just a mirror image of how we're not submitting to his authority. We don't want to give up our rights for a relationship. We just want to be right. 
even with God. But it's also a picture of what Jesus did for every single one of us. That He valued His relationship with us. That God valued His relationship with us over His rights. You guys, if anyone had the right to totally just get upset at us, if anybody had the right to disobey, if anybody had the right to call down fire from heaven and just roast all of us, it was Jesus. And yet he valued the relationship that would come with you and I and the Lord more than he valued his rights. And so Jesus himself set the model and the example. And he said, I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you that even myself is under submission to the Father, to God. And that's how this passage closes. Verse 21. To this you are called submission, even when people are mean to you. Because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. And this is key. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Instead, he submitted Instead, he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And he humbled himself. He gave up so that we could go up. He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, by his submission, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is something I've talked about before. A lot of you go, you know what, that's just not my deal. This submission thing, it's just it's just not my thing. I gotta be in control. Otherwise, I'm going to get nailed. I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to become a doormat if I submit. I'm going to trust that God will speak into those moments where you need to take a stand and moments where you need to submit. But do you think Jesus was wrong for submitting? I'm sure glad that he did. The reality is, it's kind of like this... um, you're cruising through life in your car. And uh, you're cruising down the road and you see Jesus hitchhiking. And you're like, well, that's, that's Jesus right there. I mean, this is the Son of God and He wants a relationship with me. And uh, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. And you, you get that and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Jesus gave Himself up for me. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you're hearing that. He took the punishment that you deserved and I deserved for disobeying God on his body. And now we step into a relationship with him and that wipes it all clean. That's pretty amazing. And you're driving down there and you go, oh, Jesus, I got to get that in my life. 
I got to have this relationship with Jesus. But for a lot of people, they pull the car over and they pop the trunk. They're like, hey, just climb in the back there, Jesus. Get in and let's go. That's not what God's looking for. God's not looking for him to be in the trunk of your life. And so we call him Lord, but really just we want him to be a slave. And so when we break down or stuff gets, well, we, oh, we hit a flat tire here. Oh, well, you're, as long as you're in the back right next to the spare tire, Jesus, why don't you just swap it out for me? That's not what he's there for. He's not even there to ride in the back seat. He's not even supposed to be just riding shotgun in your passenger seat. Well, you go, wow, he's right. He's in the car with me. We're going the same direction. And I talk to him every so often. And he's listening to my music and can feel the air conditioning now. And I can hear what he says when he says it. And Jesus is desiring that if you saw him and you wanted to dive into a relationship with him, that you would submit yourself to the point where you get out of the driver's seat, you pull the keys from the ignition, and you hand them to him, and you say, you drive. You take me where you want to go. This journey that I'm on is about the relationship with you. It's about a relationship. It's not about my rights. And then you start that journey and he's going to take you places that you would never go if you were at the wheel. That you would never ever go if you weren't submitting yourself to his rule and authority. And yet that's what he's calling us to. And yet most of us are cruising through life and we're like, well, I'm in control, I'm driving, I'm pretty cool. You guys, that's, you're crazy if you think you're in control. Most of us that are driving through trying to be in control and not submit to anyone or any God, we're just cruising through life and God's like, I'll show you how in control you are. And you're like, whoa, whoa. You're like, I don't want to relinquish any control. You guys, I don't, you never had control in the first place. (laughs) There's nothing to relinquish. Only God is in control. And so being submissive to Him and to each other is about giving up so that others can go up. It's about giving up your rights for the sake of a relationship with people. A relationship that points people toward this amazing God. To that end, may you live. Let's pray. Father, um, I can't thank you enough for that example that you've given us. The model of uh, submission that I don't have to go any farther than you to see someone who gave up heaven. You gave up your life You submitted yourself. You humbled yourself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. For the sake of a relationship with me.
God, who am I to not do that with people in my life? Whether it's authorities of some sort or just even friendships. God, we trust that as we embrace this lifestyle of submission and honoring our friends and our authorities in our lives, that you will lift us up. And ultimately, God, that your face and your name and your renown would be lifted up. The holiness that you embody would be seen. As we just, out of reverence and consciousness, for your sake, Lord, give up so that others can go. over your rights. You guys, I, um, I'd love you to death and just hope that you have an amazing week. Next week, you guys, is pretty special here. I've got a buddy of mine that's coming in. His name's Chris Simning, and he's going to be speaking next weekend. This guy, amazing communicator, amazing man. Eighth grade, he went to bed, normal, popular surf kid, woke up the next morning and couldn't hold his head up anymore and had contracted this really, really rare, rare strain of like cerebral palsy. Thought he was going to die um, all throughout junior high and high school. Um, through God's power in his life, proved them wrong, and uh, you're going to be floored next week. So make sure you're here next week. Bring friends. And, um, that's it. If you need something, let me know. You guys have a great week. God.